Welcome back to Unleashing You. In this special bonus series, I'm highlighting the panelists who will be speaking at the Unleashing You live event in Denver, Colorado on February 26th. In this episode, I speak with Bobby Gilbert. Bobby is currently the HR director for Black Cape and shares with us her journey of spending almost 24 years in the Air Force before retiring in her 40s and pivoting to a completely new career. Bobby walks us through how she navigated this major life change and how she overcame the thoughts of doubt that inevitably creep in when you're transforming into someone new. I can't wait for you to hear this vulnerable and real conversation that I know we can all relate to. Let's jump in. Welcome to Unleashing You. This podcast is your permission slip to create success your way. I'm your host, Amanda Riffey, a certified success coach and female business leader who has climbed her way up the corporate ladder. I've been through burnout and back and found the tools to bring fun and enjoyment to my career while creating powerful results and leading in a way that feels authentic to me. This show brings you conversations with women just like you who have created massive success for themselves and are doing it in their own way. We'll hear about their personal journeys of growing their career while still prioritizing the things they love most. If you are ready to be challenged and encouraged to reach your next level, then buckle up, sister, because the road to dreamy success begins here. Let's dive in. Bobby, welcome to Unleashing You. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am super excited to have you not only on the podcast, but as a panelist at the Unleashing You live event in Denver. I'm super, super excited to see you in real life. Yes. Thank you so much. You know, I'm a huge fan of yours, both personally and professionally. So I'm very excited to get this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be here before we know it. So let's, let's jump in and just really give people a little taste of what they can expect at the Unleashing You live event and just really hear a little bit more about your story because I know you're going to be a panelist, but I really want to just highlight more of your story now. And then of course, as folks want to hear more about that, we can, we'll dive in more at the live event too. So why don't you start out with just telling us a little bit about your personal story and your career so far? Sure. I started out my career, well, I joined the Air Force right after high school. So I tried about a semester of college, decided that it just wasn't for me, but I wanted to do something a little bit more with my life. So I joined the Air Force, went to basic training. Then I went, I started out, my first base was in Utah. That's where I met my husband. So very early in my career, he's also in the Air Force or he was at the time. When I first came in the Air Force, I was in communications electronics, so I fixed radios, and I really enjoyed that job. But by the time I had done it for a couple of years, I kind of had come to terms with the fact that for me personally, I probably was going to stay in the Air Force for the long haul. So I figured that out pretty early, which was fortunate for me. But 
I didn't think that that was something that I wanted to do for 20 years, which is what minimum the long haul generally means in the military. So I enjoyed it. But uh, when I reenlisted the first time, so after I'd been in for about five years, I had the opportunity to become a paralegal. There was a job open. They allowed me, the Air Force allowed me to retrain. They put me through training and I became a paralegal after about six years in the Air Force. I moved several times throughout that, you know, as I was a paralegal. I was pretty sure that that was what I was going to do forever. So I got my undergrad and graduate degree, both of those in legal studies, and was a paralegal both for prosecution and defense in the Air Force. I did civil law, that kind of criminal law, a couple other things like that. And I did that for about another probably 10 years. I was a paralegal. And then my husband got picked up for a position at a different base, and there was no paralegal position there for me. So I say I kind of fell into what ultimately became an HR position, which in the Air Force is known as a first sergeant. It's a very employee relations-centric position, among other things, training and development, but it's the civilian parallel is HR. So I was not, if I'm fully honest, super excited about kind of being thrown into that. But that's what, by that time, we had two young children. Obviously, I want to be stationed with my husband. And so I was like, came to terms with, okay, you know, maybe this will, this is very scary for me. And maybe this is something that I can't see right now, but will ultimately be a positive thing. And so you know, my husband and I talked and we were like, okay, let's do this. So I went to first sergeant training, moved to North Carolina, which was my next duty station and became a first sergeant. And I did that for six years at a few different units in North Carolina. And what I really found ultimately was that as a paralegal, and I really didn't know this until I crossed over into HR, I didn't really feel this, But as a paralegal, I was very reactive to folks in their situations. And and primarily because of my position, it was generally someone was in trouble and I was either helping prosecute them or helping defend them in their situations. So very reactive career field in legal. When I switched over into HR, it became an opportunity to be much more proactive How can I help you before you get there? And for me personally, that was much more where I found that my strengths were there and that I enjoyed that a lot. Kind of people aren't a number, they're a name and I can see their face and I know their family situation and I'm trying to help them. And so I did that for several years. I did end up going back to be a paralegal but kind of in more of a senior paralegal, also very HR similar role, but in a para, like in a legal office, I was running a legal office. And that's where I retired from the Air Force after my husband and I were, we both retired on the same day, which was very exciting for us. And we had both been in for right at about 24 years. So as I was nearing retirement, I really had was forced into this. I had done this, the military, the Air Force for 24 years. They had always kind of told me what to do 
to an extent. And so then I had to figure out what does the future look like for me? What do I want to do? Because now I can pick where I live, what my job is. And so as I was looking into what I wanted to do moving forward long term, HR was really kind of where I landed. There were there was a lot that I didn't know about civilian HR, but there was also a lot of overlap I found between military HR position and civilian. And so I just kind of started learning the gaps. What are the gaps between what I don't know and what I need to know? And how do I get from point A to point B as I retire? Kind of what that looked like ultimately was the Department of Defense has a really great veteran transition program called SkillBridge. That essentially allowed me to intern with a company while I was on my last few months of active duty. And so I worked for this company full-time as an HR manager and stayed on with them after I retired. They hired me full-time and it's still where I work today. And I've been working for them for about two and a half years and I've learned a lot and I'm still really enjoying what I do as a now I'm an HR director. What a fantastic program that SkillBridge to be able to make such a terrifying transition a little bit easier. So I'm sure that retirement for you came with many mixed emotions. Like you said, you had been in the Air Force for almost 24 years. And can you walk us through what were some of the inner thoughts or even some of those limiting beliefs or self-sabotaging thoughts that maybe popped in for you as you were nearing retirement and making that big career change? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest, just kind of to put stuff into context, by the time my husband and I were retiring, our children were going into eighth and ninth grades. We have a son and a daughter. And so it was really, you know, we were living in the Washington, D.C. area. We knew that we were going to move to Montana, which is where we ended up. So just kind of thinking about we're going from two very solid incomes to, you know, we weren't going to be making the amount of money that we were making active duty. We did. We do get retirement, which is nice, but it's not active duty pay. So how are we going to, you know, close that gap? What am I going to be doing? And how am I going to fulfill like my inner? I don't want to just do a job for money. I want to do a job that I love and that I'm good at. So we also retired at the end of or in the middle of 2021. So it was still very much kind of COVID, a lot of, I don't want to say insecurity, but just a lot of unknown still at that point about my children didn't go to school at all during that school year from 20 to 21. We moved from Germany to Washington, D.C. in the summer of 2020. So we'd only lived in that area for, it was less than a year. And so moving across the country during COVID, what am I going to do for a job? How do I find a skill bridge? The military does do, or at least the Air Force, I can say, does a good job of helping with transition or providing you a lot of information, but you have to action that. And you have to figure out, okay, this information they're giving me, what does it mean to me personally? What applies to me? Because it looks very different 
when I was in a transition assistance program provided by the Air Force, I've been in for 24 years and I'm in the same class as someone who's been in for four years and they're getting out and moving back home. And it just looks very different for me generally than it does for them. So I think if I had to sum sum it up, I could probably use two words to sum up kind of just the general feelings that I had during that time. I would say the number one feeling was anxiety. And the number two feeling was terror. And those two kind of went hand in hand. Um, and it was funny, I feel like, to watch my husband, who's in the very same situation, handle things very differently. And he would be like, Bobby, why are you so stressed out? Why are you letting this get to you? And I would even be like, I don't know, but I am. And so trying to that was a new feeling for me. Like I've been really nervous about things, making career, you know, going from being communications electronics to being a paralegal. And then even more so going from being a paralegal to a first sergeant, which is very much a leadership role and like questioning, am I right for this position? Do I like, who am I to think I have all the answers? And then kind of same thing, moving from the military to civilian life. What don't I know? And not knowing what I don't know was probably the number one scary factor of that transition. That is so relatable. And thinking about going through any type of transition or going into something that is new and unknown when we're coming from what's comfortable to what's uncomfortable, many of us don't like that's where the big growth happens. But man, is it uncomfortable going through it? And it's really easy to go back to, okay, well, I just need to, that's a warning sign, right? I just need to go back to what's comfortable when really that's where the biggest growth is happening. So thank you for being so transparent in that because I know many of us have had those feelings, whether you know they are in a similar situation to you of transitioning out of the military and into civilian life or they're transitioning just into a new career or moving to a new place or whatever that might be. That's just such common feelings that come up that we can all work through. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I wanted to interrupt for a brief moment to invite you to create success your own way. I am currently enrolling in one-on-one private coaching opportunities. This is for you if you are ready to go all in and see big results. With four months of focus time just for you, you will skyrocket your growth and success beyond your wildest dreams. No more dreading Mondays. We'll make every day feel like Friday. Ready for a promotion? Let's do it. (laughs) Want to start your business? I'm game. Need to find balance between your career and your family? I promise you it can be done. Are you longing to level up your leadership? Well, Then let's bring out that badass CEO. Together, we will transform your career and your life into something you are really proud of. Get ready to get back in the driver's seat and create the success of your dreams. And did I mention, we will have so much fun along the way. 
send me a message on Instagram or head to acrprofessionalcoaching.com to learn more. I'll also put the details in the show notes for you. Your road to dreamy success begins here. Now, back to the episode. I know you and I were in contact during that transition too. And one of the things that I loved about, I could easily see what you were doing is you were doing exactly what you said. You were taking action on those things. You weren't letting those fears stop you from taking action to what was next. So can you walk us through a little bit more around what were some of those actions that you took when you were transitioning from retirement into finding that new career? Because I think these are things that, again, can relate to folks if they're, you know, just looking to find a new career or a new job or, you know, step into something new. Absolutely. So I think, you know, for me, I was somewhat, I forced myself into this situation, right? I mean, I had to retire eventually, but this was kind of forced by leaving the Air Force. So that made it a little bit easier for me. And we knew our timeline very early on. So, you know, my husband and I sat down probably about five years before we ultimately retired to get an idea of, okay, we know, you know, we're going to be eligible for retirement soon. What do we want that timeline to look like? Decided that we wanted to, we wanted our children, our oldest to start high school and not have to move. So, all right, that made it really easy to land on a date. And then we back planned from there. So I would say the early stages started about five years out and little things like, what do I want my education to look like? The Air Force offers a lot of, you know, I'm very fortunate that they offer a lot of tuition assistance and transition assistance. And so taking advantage of the education, but you have to make sure that you back up your planning enough because there are often service obligations that come along with that. But I would say I really went full power. Okay. I have my certifications. I have my diplomas that are applicable here. So what else do I need to look at? I started that really about two years out. And what that looked like for me was reaching out to or using the resources that are available. Again, for me as a, as a transitioning veteran, there is really a lot of support around giving us a lot of tools to hopefully help us succeed. So, you know, there are coaches. I definitely used that. And Something that really resonated with me early on that I don't think my husband really dealt with this is my coach asked me, now keep in mind, I've pretty much my entire adult life, I've been in the Air Force, they tell you, okay, you're this rank, you've been in for this many years, this is how much money you make. It's very transparent. You can Google it, you know exactly what someone makes. I have no idea what an HR manager in or you know, an HR generalist or anything make in working for a company. So I was meeting with the coach to try to figure out, you know, what do I want to do? What does this look like? And she asked me, well, what do you think? Okay, if you want to go into HR and you want to be a HR generalist, let's say, what do you want your salary to look like? And I said, well, my retirement is going to be this amount. And 
this is the delta between my retirement and what I'm currently making. So I think if I make at least X amount, then that's a good goal for me. And she said, what does one have to do with the other? None of that has to do with anything. Like what is your worth, what you're bringing to the table? And okay, let me show you the tools that can help you find out, you know, go to Indeed, go to salary.com and really disconnecting like, okay, your worth is not tied to your military retirement. That doesn't have anything to do with what you're going to be doing now. So I know that not everybody's in the military, but it really just, I hadn't really made that connection before because I never had reason to. And I remember, I mean, that was an early conversation. So that was probably six or seven years ago. And I still remember like where I was sitting and exactly what, you know, she said. And I was like, oh man. Yeah. I think you just dropped a knowledge bomb right there. Everybody's <laughs> like, whoa, that's so good. Because yes, for what exactly the situation you were in, that makes total sense. But also think of maybe I'm sitting in a career that I'm unhappy in and I want to move to a new career. You could easily use that exact same logic of, okay, well, I'm making this. So I need, and my bills are this. So I need to make at least this to have this, you know, new position or start my own business or whatever, fill in the blank. When what you just said is, what does one thing have to do with the other? What is your worth? And go after that number. I think that is fantastic advice. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing that I saw you doing a lot that I think will be really helpful for others was you were a master networker. Like I saw you all over the place, just making connections, putting yourself out there, really focusing on your personal brand. Could you maybe take one, two minutes to just talk a little bit about that if you have any tips on networking? Definitely. I will tell you, that I am not a natural networker. I am actually fairly introverted by nature. And so this was a scary thing for me. What I started out doing was talking to people that I knew personally that had already transitioned out of the Air Force to find out, you know, like, what are your success stories or what would you have done differently? And then they inevitably would say, oh, you know, in the conversation, it would come up, what are you looking to do? Oh, I know someone who would be good for you to talk to. And then they would, you know, do like a soft intro. And then I would have to follow up and have conversations. And what I found was people are very willing, usually, I mean, there there are a, there were a couple folks that people are busy and not everybody has time. And I totally get that, but I will say that that was the exception, not the rule that I found. And so for me, what I had to work on also was kind of meeting people where they are and understanding that most people have very minimal knowledge of military lingo. We love acronyms and we, I mean, we have acronyms for everything. But if I don't have military experience or background, I'm not going to know what that means. And so learning to transfer, just basically figure out the different lingos and translate that from military lingo into, they mean the same thing. It's just helping, changing my lingo to match civilian speak, if you will, so that people understand what it is I 
did in the Air Force and how that can be beneficial to a company that in the private sector. And then it was really just about LinkedIn was a really great tool for me, you know, do a LinkedIn plug, I guess. But, you know, people that I had no, I'd never met them and never would have met them if not for LinkedIn. So that was, that was a really good tool for me too. What is one final message that you would want to leave a listener with who's really resonating with your story? I would say that change is definitely scary. Not for everyone, but I, it was for me. And I think for a lot of people, change is, is scary. But for me personally, the thought of never changing or advancing and kind of just staying stagnant because it's comfortable is more scary. And so if you can embrace the fear and learn, you know, like not let it stop you and learn how to use it as a motivator, it's okay to fail as long as you use the failure and the things that you do wrong, take those mistakes and learn from them, it ultimately will become a positive experience. So I am a big fan of Masterclass, if you've heard of it. And Amy Poehler... I have. Amy Poehler has one that's come out recently that I really liked. And one of the things that she... She used this analogy of like watching a parade and don't wait for the perfect float to come by to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to pick a float and I'm going to jump on it. If you wait for the perfect float, the entire parade is going to probably go past. And then you're like, you're just here with nothing. So do things probably before you're ready and, you know, just kind of use that fear as a catalyst. I love that analogy. I'm like literally just picturing being a big parade and oh, nope, not that one. That was like, oh, no, maybe this one, but no. And then everything has gone by and you never took that step. The first step is the scariest. It's the hardest. It always is. But when you can just take that first step, you find out that it's typically it's not even as hard as we build it up in our brains. That has been my experience, which is not to say it's not challenging. For sure. But it's not, it's not nearly as scary as it seems before you take that first step. Absolutely. Thank you, Amy Poehler. Yes. Thank you, Amy Poehler. She's fantastic. So speaking of that, Bobby, what would you say to someone who's listening who is considering going to Unleashing You Live? Maybe they have a little fear. Maybe you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. But they're still sitting on the fence. What would you say to them? I would say what's most helpful for me is being around other people who are also go-getters and, you know, knowing that I'm not alone in my situation or, you know, you're not alone in your situation, whatever that looks like for you is helpful to help us recognize kind of our blind spots, like hearing other people's stories and being like, oh yeah, that really resonates with me and kind of also helping realize your potential. You know, who doesn't want to be in a room full of powerhouse women all looking to better themselves? This I'm very, I'm really excited for this, for Unleashing You Live. It's going to be epic. I'm so pumped. <laughs> and I'm so, so excited that you're going to be there. So where can our listeners connect with you prior to the event? 
probably the best place to connect with me is going to be on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'll put all of that in the show notes for everyone as well. Bobby, thank you so much for being on Unleashing You and for being a panelist at the live event. I will see you very soon in February. Thanks, Amanda. I can't wait to see you in Denver. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you'd like to continue this conversation, connect with me on Instagram and say hello. You can find me at Amanda Riffey underscore coaching. In the meantime, if you know you are ready to step into your next level of success and want to completely accelerate your personal and professional growth, let's work together. I offer one-on-one and group coaching as well as on-demand self-study options. There's really something for everyone. To learn more, visit my website at acrprofessionalcoaching.com or send me a DM on Instagram and start a conversation. And don't worry, I truly want all of us to succeed. So I promise I will never steer you wrong. Let's create a career and life you love. Chat with you again soon.